There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Inside special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, our weekly look back at a legendary team, legendary year in sports, and what made that team or teams so notable. Something we're doing here over the course of the next few weeks is we are looking back as we get to play with the format at some incredibly famous games in NFL history and looking at the special teams that took place in them. Last week, we did the Music City Miracle, and this week, well, I just have three words for you. Fourth. And 26. <laughs> Every Eagles fan is smiling. Every Packers fan is going, down yeah. more than 26. Uh, January 11th, 2004, NFL playoff game between the Packers and the Philadelphia Eagles, in which the Eagles converted one of the most famous plays in NFL history, a fourth and 26 pass from Donovan McNabb to Freddie Mitchell, where all the Packers had to do was defend on one play. They were winning this game. Brett Favre was moving on in the playoffs, but instead the Eagles used that as a springboard to tie the game late in the fourth and win it in overtime. We're going to look back at this game and the drama from both sides and what it meant for the Packers and what it meant for the Eagles. But this 2003-2004 playoffs was really a sweet spot of NFL crazy because we had some of the more entertaining playoff games in recent memory in this playoffs. You had that big Panthers-Rams game where Steve Smith scores a big touchdown in overtime. You had Tommy Maddox out-dueling Kelly Holcomb. You know, I mean, seriously. Think Say about that, that again. Tommy Maddox out-dueling Kelly Holcomb in a big game that the Steelers won 36-33, the you know, last Browns playoff game. I mean, I mean, this was crazy, and fourth and 26 was the one that stands on top of all of them. When when you, you just mentioned the quarterbacks uh, and play there, that really uh, just takes you back to a, a different time, and you start uh, going into your NFL lore, and just remember this is a time where you had the explosiveness of some of the passing attacks, right? We'd seen it in blips 
Just remember, you know, 2003, 2004, suddenly the leaderboards looked a lot different with, with the, the augmented passing numbers. And when you're watching, you know, Brett Favre still winging it around uh, haphazardly, just the, how different the game was still. Mm-hmm. as well right just we talk about these luminaries but you go back and you watch each hit looks more violent mm-hmm. and the quarterbacks you know just were winging the ball and not worrying about their qbr uh this game how did the teams get there well the philadelphia eagles led by andy Reid, they were in the middle of their big run with donovan McNabb at quarterback they were the number one seed in the nfc they won the nfc east they were 12 and 4 you know they started out 0 and 2 but then they won nine straight games brian westbrook had that very famous punt return for a touchdown in the final minutes against the giants and the eagles to a man all say that play really spurred us on this season the deuce staley was the big running back back then but he held out so by the time he came in it was deuce staley Westbrook and Carell Buckhalter. You know, they had Carell a big three-headed Buckhalter. monster. I remember having Buckhalter on a fantasy team. Yeah. You know, and and actually starting him. Well, you, know, you had for to a pick few weeks because he was good at the goal <laughs> line, right? The, this is where you had a three-headed monster in the backfield, <laughs> and that uh, by committee term came into our fantasy lexicon. One of those things where you draft Deuce Dale and you go, oh man, he held out. Oh, now he's not getting the carries. Wait, <laughs> why is Daly sitting this series in Westbrook? Who's Carell Buckhalter? Why is he in the game? Well, and look at the size of Buckhalter compared to the rest of these other guys <laughs> too, right? He looked like a giant yeah. when he was standing in the backfield. Uh, Donovan McNabb, this was not one of his greatest starts to the season. It was kind of rocky and there was a big push for A.J. Feely to play. Remember you know, McNabb's relationship with the Eagles and their fans was always kind of at arm's length. They loved him, and then when he threw an incomplete pass, they hated him and wanted him out of the game. Uh, but A.J. Feely, who was a pretty good backup then, you know, the teams wanted the, the fans wanted to see him play, and their offense was really struggling. No wide receivers caught a touchdown the first half of the season. And this is not just a Donovan McNabb thing, but the Eagles wide receivers were pretty bad. I mean, Freddie Mitchell, who we're going to talk about a lot in this podcast because he caught the fourth and 26 play. I mean, this is Freddie Mitchell and Todd Pinkson and James Thrash. I mean, what, what do you expect Donovan McNabb to do? None of these guys were any good. It was, all right, let's just try to move on. But it's all McNabb's fault. Now, eventually you need a wide receiver to have more than, you know, half an inch of separation from the defensive back. Yeah, that, as we watched uh, in the 2019 2019- season with Tom Brady uh, in his final year with the New England Patriots. Like you, ne- you need a little bit of help. You can point to the quarterback and, and get after him all you want. There, There is something to be said for creating a little bit of separation. The anticipatory nature of things is where, you know, McNabb was always good about utilizing the tight end position well uh, as well. But yeah, he, he was always a guy that seemed under fire. And part of that is Philadelphia via lore and unrealistic expectations. Uh, Brian Westbrook tears his biceps week 17 against Washington. So they lose him for the playoffs. However, the Philadelphia Eagles do get a bye the first round of the playoffs. So they are waiting to see who they're going to play. Now, the Green Bay Packers road to this game was a little bit different. Mike Sherman was the head coach. They finished 10-6. and six. They won the NFC North. This season, mainly known for Brett Favre's 399-yard four-touchdown performance the day after his dad, Irv, died of a heart attack. Very famous Monday night football game where Favre decided to play, and he goes balls out, throws for over 300 yards in the first half, and they just crushed the Raiders. That's part of a four-game win streak the Packers had to end the season. They were 6-6. Six and six. They 
They ended 10 and 6, and they're back in the playoffs, and the Packers are hot. Amon Green, this was his best season with Green Bay, ran for 1,800 yards, over five yards per carry. He was fantastic. You had three good wide receivers in Donald Driver, Javon Walker. Remember, Robert Ferguson was even catching big passes for the Packers back then. And Antonio Freeman was there, but at this point, Freeman was kind of past his prime, but still, he was someone there that Favre could rely on. So they had a lot of depth at wide receiver. They had a great running back. It was almost one of those times where you could see this team and go, okay, they're peaking at the right time, and they're going to go hot knife through butter through the playoffs. Doesn't matter who they play, because look how red hot they are. Look at everything they can do on offense, and that's clear. I I thought that was going to happen. I never thought the Eagles were going to win this football game. I said, oh, Packers got this. Favre is hot, coming off the emotion. The Packers are still riding that high. Yeah, they're going to go through. They're going to the Super Bowl. Well, when you look at, I think this is always a, a great example. When we do these special teams, look back, you know, in the time where people are going and, and doing the retro binge watching, great games, the last dance, and you recognize how good uh, certain players were or what a team brought to the table. I mean, you recognize how good Amon Green was. I mean, look, look at a guy that's, uh, you know, 2,000 total yards you know, back at this time and the the different players in the receiving core, maybe not the superstar, but depth that you get to work through. Uh, and it's tough to replicate those things these days, man. Salary caps don't allow for a lot of that. <laughs> Two or three guys commit to, you know, most of your money on one side of the ball. And then it's a, all right, what can we get at the end of the draft or a guy that's, you know, worn out his welcome somewhere else? So the Packers enter the playoffs as kind of the team of destiny. They had really shored up their run defense. They got Grady Jackson off of waivers middle of the season, and they started allowing like 30 yards less rushing per game. So suddenly they figured it all out. Big old Grady Jackson. Their playoff win was the now famous overtime win over the Seattle Seahawks, in which Matt Hasselbeck, who had been Favre's backup, (laughs) was now the starting quarterback for the Seahawks. They had the opening uh, coin flip for the play for the overtime and the Seahawks win. And the referee says, okay, the Seahawks win. What do you want? What do you want? And Matt Hasselbeck yells into the referee's mic, the now famous, we want the ball and we're going to score. And on the, 17 years ago, man, <laughs> and on the first possession of overtime, Matt Hasselbeck throws a touchdown pass. To Al Harris of the Packers, who returns it 52 yards for a touchdown. The pick six sends the Packers on to Philadelphia and ends the season for the Seahawks. And I remember seeing going, how is Matt Hasselbeck going to put his head out of his house uh, for the next <laughs> 10 years? We want the ball. We're going to score. And I throw a pick six. And Al Harris runs it back for a touchdown. Yeah, but how great was that, though? <laughs> Did, didn't you love Hasselbeck? Even though it went the other way. I just that I was always a Hasselbeck fan was from that day. I think I could probably still find a healthy stack of Hasselbeck cards amongst my football memorabilia in the house just based on that. See, I, I liked his swagger. I wasn't so much because I, I remember having him in fantasy a couple of times and he never really came through. Well, there, there's that. I just had him at the wrong time. It's, hey, if if you take a player and he scars you in fantasy, you'll never forgive him. No, that's true. There's always that undraftable list. We'll we'll be working on that for fantasy 2020. But, you know, certainly for me, the the extra thing was the Packers were the opponent in that game. And, you know, being a Chicago boy, uh, certainly there was a little bit of animus, you know, because I also had a Jaworski jersey and and an Eagles bike as a kid. Did you really? Yeah. 
you were so, a when it went, fan. so when you got to the Eagles later, <laughs> that, that was that was you know you're, you're cheering there. But certainly Hasselbeck, you know, was the first beneficiary. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know why. And, and I, I, you know, all these okay. years later, I try to ask my mom. It's like, did it make any sense? <laughs> like, nah. It was like what you could buy at the sporting goods store. I think that might have been it. Yeah. All the bear stuff was either, you know, full price or sold out. <laughs> full price. I love you, but not enough to buy you a full price. Well, something you look, really like. If you were able to get a, a different team for half off. Look, there's pictures of my younger brother in Raiders gear. Oh no, that's that's like you know you know what your family must look like like when when a, a star signs somewhere for the last year of their career and they look really weird in the uniform. That must be what it looks like. Look at my brothers in a Raiders uniform. I got an Eagles bike. No, it's weird. You go back and you look at some of the pictures as kids. It's like there was still bear stuff around, but it's like there's me with an Eagles jersey on. Uh, Why the hell is he wearing? And for a while, my little brother would wear a Packers. You know, he had a, a Lynn Dickey jersey that he'd rock. Oh, wow. <laughs> exactly. Wow. But that's got to be heresy. You can't wear a Packers jersey if you're a Bears fan. Yeah, if you're that. really young. Oh, all right. Okay. You, you're, if, you, if you're really young, the parent's going to wear it. Before you can get beat up at school. It's got to be. You can't, you can't be at the well, age or where you're you learn get to fight. Up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of this going on, the Packers go into Philadelphia for the next playoff game. Coming up next, we'll relive fourth and 26. What happened to the Green Bay Packers? How they could have stopped the play from even happening. And maybe even better, what happened to Freddie Mitchell following fourth and 26? Keep it right here. You are listening to Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
So how did we get to fourth and 26, a play that will live forever in Philadelphia Eagles lore, just as much as, well, Nick Foles catching a touchdown pass will. Uh, the Packers come in as the team of destiny. Brett Favre story, front page, playing for the memory of his dad. It was a very big time for them. The Eagles were a team that were in Green Bay's way, and it looked like it was going to go Green Bay's way early on. Favre throws two touchdown passes to Robert Ferguson, and the Packers take a big 14-0 lead. But with the game at 14-7, a huge play happens at the end of the first half as Amon Green gets stopped on fourth down inside the five-yard line. So instead of going to halftime with Green Bay with a 17-7 lead or a 21-7 lead, it's a one-score game despite the fact that Green Bay dominated the way they did. Why is this such a big play? Well, in the second half, Philadelphia clawed their way back in it. They threw the football all game long, and they're down 17-14 with just over two minutes left to go. Green Bay is facing a fourth and one from the Philadelphia 41-yard line. They go for it and get the first down. Well, guess what? They're running out the clock. The game is over. But instead, they decide to punt and give the ball back to the Eagles, and you wonder how much they remembered. Well, fourth and one in the first half, the Eagles' D rose up and stopped Amon Green inside the five-yard line. Let's punt it, make him get all the way down the field. I have confidence in our defense to do it. Certainly something that I know Packers fans are looking back going, man, if we had gone for it on fourth and one, we had gotten one yard somehow. Favre would have gotten us one yard. We win this game, and there's no fourth and 26. But it's funny, we, we do that all the time, right, with the inability of some teams to run a quarterback sneak. Looking at you, the Chargers, with uh, Phillip Rivers all these years because he wouldn't run it, or you know, different play calling, and sometimes you, you just overthink it, right? That should be an automatic call unless you're at your own 18-yard line. <laughs> you know, you just you get your yard, succeed, and proceed. And even then, uh, the, the numbers would suggest you go for it, although, you know, the conservatism of coaches, they're not going to, <laughs> figuring, you know, the old whatever can happen and go wrong will. But, yeah, having been stuffed before, you, you don't take your chances and just say, we're a playoff team. Our defense has played well to this point. They should be able to finish the job. I, I, can't, I can't disagree on the whole. Uh, the punt works, though, for the Packers, and they pin the Eagles deep in their own territory. Deuce Staley, a play that is really under underrated when it comes to the 4th and 26 play, he starts out the drive and gets them out of trouble, runs for 22 yards. Now, that's a huge play because now suddenly you're out over the 20-yard line and you're thinking, okay, we got to get down, we got to get a field goal because we got to go to overtime. But McNabb throws an incomplete pass. There's a penalty, a couple more incomplete passes. And now from their 26-yard line, the Eagles are faced with fourth and 26 with a minute 12 left and no timeouts. So this is when they decide to call 74 double go, which turns into Freddie Mitchell catching that pass that winds up being good for 28 yards. You've seen the play many times. We're going to break it down for you right now because there's not only just uh, question marks as to what the Packers were doing, but what the officials were doing as well. So how does this play happen, right? Freddie Mitchell runs unencumbered right down the middle of the field. Yeah. And he catches a pass in front of both Darren Sharper and Marcus Anderson, the two safeties. I mean, he runs, he doesn't get 
knocked off his route by anybody. He just runs unencumbered down the field. It's one of those plays where when you look at the way the Packers played their defense, it looks like one of those, well, there's 10 seconds left in the game, and if they throw to the middle of the field, the game is over, so we're just going to guard the outside and not let them get out of bounds. I mean, that's really what that looked like, the defense they were playing. Like, you can catch a 20-yard pass, but you're going to get to midfield, but by the time you get up here, you can't spike the ball, the game is over. That looked like the defense that the Packers were in. Well, that's it. Spread it out and make a play. And, and you got, I mean, thinking that you're going to be able to, to pin them, keep them inbounds and, and get clock running. And instead you have an absolute disaster. And the broadcast crew was uh, very quick to oh. point this out. Uh, Chris Collinsworth, uh, most chiefly uh, ready to bring out the acid tongue. You know, the, the couple of things with this play is that that uh, later on, uh, Mike Sherman would talk about it. Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator, would talk about it and say, well, here's a couple of things. And the one thing they look at is, say, Nick Barnett, who wound up having a great career for the Packers, when the ball was snapped, he ran up instead of dropping back, and that led Freddie Mitchell run into the middle of the field, and Donovan McNabb had an eye line and a sight line to throw to him where he would have had to throw the ball in the pickle barrel if Nick Barnett drops back into the middle of the field where he should be. So that makes it a much easier throw for McNabb. So for some reason, Barnett goes forward instead of dropping back. But I watched the safeties on this, and I watched Darren Sharp and Marcus Anderson, and this 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 quintessentially looks to me like it was two guys who were saying, I'm going to play center field, get an interception, and be a hero. I'm waiting for the ball to be thrown. They're, they're going to throw it here. I'm going to jump up, and I'm going to catch the ball and I'm going to be a hero or I'm going to make a big play at the marker and I'm going to make a big hit and no one's going to catch the football. But that's what it looked like. They were sitting back waiting for the ball to come to them so they could be the heroes. And instead, Mitchell catches the ball in front of both of them. Neither of them come up and make a play. Now, he gets right. hit right away, but neither of them come up and make a play on the ball, make a play when the ball is thrown. He's able to catch it. I was stunned how open he was. There was no one even near the first down marker because when this ball is thrown in the air, both Sharper and Anderson are, are three yards past it. And it's like, what do you do? Did they not know where the first down marker was? Did they think they were two, two yards where they were supposed to be, but instead they were two yards back from it? Because that, that was something that should have never happened. You got to put all your guys at the marker. I mean, if it's fourth and 26, you got to have your guys in the middle of the field at the first down marker, and these guys were two yards behind it. Yeah, you've seen the, the play before. You had a big shot down the center of the field, the old jump up and down, claiming that your tight ends interfered with uh, to no avail. Uh, and then you set up pretty much in the exact same defense. McNabb's got plenty of time to throw. Mitchell doesn't get touched at all. Still, still question of the spot. Well, right, that's the main thing. The ball gets there. If you, that, but, that, that's that's the controversy that comes out yeah. of it, is that if you believe the red line, because back then it was a red line. Yeah. Freddie Mitchell got the first down, but as always, you know the red line is unofficial. Is unofficial. But yeah, he but, got an extra two yards on that. Like he went down, he caught it, went down basically at the line. But if you're going by the red line, he got the first down. Yeah. And usually so, the red line is pretty accurate, but they put the ball two yards further down the field. And Joe Buck was the guy who said it right away. He said, Whoa, that's a that's a generous spot for the Philadelphia Eagles. And look, the Eagles are all going crazy. Freddie Mitchell, you know, catches this pass and it was oh my goodness. And and now they got all kinds of momentum. But really, I mean there's a lot to say that maybe he didn't get past the first down marker. Like I said, if you believe the red line, and I believe the red line, but was the red line really accurate? Was 100% should have been a first down? I mean, two extra, you can't give a guy two extra yards. 
well, you know, forward, forward progress or something like that or whatever you thought you saw on the sidelines. I mean, it is, it is really curious because he gets, he gets Malachi crunched going to the old uh, Happy Days reference, mm-hmm. you know, right after he makes the leaping grab. And there's just this moment of, all right, did I get it? Did I not get not? Credit to Donovan McNabb. Immediately got him up to the line, got the spike. So that's it. Another play was run. There's nothing else coming out of this. So the Eagles go down using that momentum. David Akers, who was as accurate a kicker as you would see in the NFL for a long time, uh, also wore his wedding ring while he kicked, which is always interesting. Uh, He kicks a field goal that ties the game 37 yards, and that sends it to overtime. And this play is still being talked about at this point. It's fourth and 26. How did they get it? And it's one of those where even though you're still playing the game, if you're the Packers, if you're the Eagles, you're still thinking, how did that play happen? Yeah. You know, you're still trying to get that play back while you're trying to play forward, and that never works. Because certain times, things how you let a play occur that should have never happened and going on from it is really, really difficult. And and clearly the Packers couldn't go on for it because in overtime, Favre throws a horrible heave way past Javon Walker. He was wide open at midfield, but this was quintessential Favre off balance, off my back foot, and he throws it up, and Javon Walker is open. He's got 10 yards with the defensive back is 10 yards behind him, but Favre just throws it as far as he can, nowhere near Javon Walker, and it's 20 yards past him. Brian Dawkins comes down with it, gets a good return. Akers kicks the game-winning field goal, and the Eagles go on in the playoffs, and the Packers go home. I mean, really, watch that play, and you see Favre throw it, you go, where the hell is he throwing this ball? But this is life with Brett Favre. You know, as great as he can be, he'll give you a knucklehead throw like this, and you go, that throw costs us the game. And that pick by Brian Dawkins, because it was bad coverage, because like I said, Javon Walker's wide open. This is back when Javon Walker was a really good receiver, because he had a very short window of being one of the better receivers in the NFL, and all Favre's got to do is throw it on a line. And it's like he just decided, I'm going to throw the ball as far as I can, and it's, where the hell is this ball going? Well, the like you watch basketball, it's live by the three, die by the three. Mm. Brett Favre and that big arm thinking he's going to be able to make a play each and every time. And in this case, a little bit of miscommunication and, you know, an easy catch for, for Dawkins sets up the return. And, you know, one of the many INTs that we throw up for Brett Favre and <laughs> ramifications off of this. I mean, it becomes a pretty big deal for the Packers and their organization. Now let's get into Freddie Mitchell for a couple of minutes. Oh, yeah, please. Because after this game, he finds himself an overnight celebrity. And it was a great play. It was a great catch. But he never became the guy that the Eagles wanted him to be. He was drafted in the first round as a wide receiver out of UCLA. And he was supposed to be the wide receiver, the number one guy that would pair with McNabb for the majority of McNabb's career. And they solved all their offensive problems. But he never panned out. But he was fun. You know, he nicknamed himself Fred X. He did all kinds of interviews where he would say things like, oh, you know, America and society doesn't care about things I do in the Eagles offense. It's not about catching passes. And it's really about catching passes when you're a first round draft. Well, you know. you're coming into the National Football League. I mean, he never became that player. And he was always yapping about not getting the ball enough, no matter what it was. And I think the Eagles would have thrown him the football more if he was open and could catch it. But it was never any, <laughs> was never any it was never his fault. It was always somebody else's fault, but Freddie Mitchell was pretty fun. Well, fun run. Those interviews, as you said, how much deliberately just trying to egg people on, right? Getting into it with Rodney Harrison a little bit. 
uh, didn't help him how they changed up the receiving core the following year, which we'll get into in a minute. But, you know, he was a slot guy, had one big moment, dressed the part of a first-round pick, talked a big game, showed up on a bunch of TV shows and dating, right? millionaire matchmaker when that was a thing. Oh, yeah. All those years ago. Yeah. Showed up there. I mean, he, he took his 15 minutes of fame and ran with it as best he could, uh, but was never anywhere close to what you would expect out of a mid first round pick, which is what he was. And uh, mm-hmm. he's got some other issues. And when we get to where are they now? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Freddie's yeah. got some other stuff. I mean, Freddie Mitchell, he could have been going to card shows for the rest of his life for 50 bucks signing fourth and 26 pictures. You know, I'll me, sign I, fourth and 26 pictures every time, every day. I'll make all kinds of money. I'll go for a weekend and just sign fourth and 26 Freddie Mitchell. And I'll make all kinds of money. You know me, you, you, you've picked up after all these years. Go find your inscription and run with it, man. Run! Now, since we're still talking about Freddie Mitchell, I'm going to kind of, uh, of, of kind of put the cart before the horse here, is that in the following year, the Eagles got to the Super Bowl. And one of the most famous things that happened in the Super Bowl week before the Eagles played the New England Patriots was they interviewed Freddie Mitchell and he couldn't name any Patriots defensive backs. There's a very big thing I say, oh, you know, who do you have to worry about? Uh, He knew some numbers, but he didn't know anybody, uh, any of the names of the Patriots, DBs. And all he did, all he'd like to do was talk. He was a big star that week as some of those great stories. But what's best about this is Bill Belichick, who never says anything about anybody. Right. If if a player stinks, he doesn't say anything about players. Good. Talk him up. He'll praise him a little bit. Yeah. But. When he was asked about Freddie Mitchell following the Super Bowl, he said, oh, all he does is talk. He's terrible. And you can print that. I was happy when he was in the game. (laughs) This was Belichick (laughs) saying this about Freddie Mitchell. You can print that. I was happy when he was in the game. And when's the last time Belichick's criticized a player? He just doesn't say anything. But no, no, I'll say this about Freddie Mitchell because he just couldn't stand Freddie Mitchell. Buddy, he's like John Gruden was for most of his run on Monday Night Football. Oh, this guy is great. He's got a 42% completion rate. Doesn't matter. Look at the mechanics. He's fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick says nothing. I mean, how many times has he gone on and and waxed poetically for three, four minutes at a time over a team's kicker? Their return man, their punter. I mean, he'll go into soliloquies that are Shakespearean in nature about guys that are the afterthought for the average fan. Uh, I really can't believe, you know, thinking about this, Belichick has only had a couple of times in his career where he said things about a specific player. I remember, who was it? Anthony Smith, right? Who was the guy that guaranteed the win for the Steelers over the Patriots in the playoffs? And it was a very big deal in, in like 2007. It was the, uh, I think it was the year the Patriots were going undefeated uh, and they wound up losing the Giants. And um, uh, Anthony Smith guaranteed a win. And after the game, Belichick said something like, well, we played a lot better safeties than him. I'll tell you that much or something <laughs> like that. I mean, he, he picks his spots, but there was one of the few times. I mean, just to say I was glad when he was in the game. Oh, good. Fred, Freddie's in the game. We don't have to worry about things now. We're, we're all good. We're all good here. But tell me that wouldn't be the best game to play with Belichick is just put up pictures, names. <laughs> up on a, uh, you know, just off your projector and see what the responses are. So there is fourth and 26 and the 15 minute hero who lives forever in NFL lore because he makes the play Freddie Mitchell. What happened to the Packers and the Eagles as a result of this game? Well, for the Packers, 
It wasn't the greatest of times, but it actually turned out to be pretty good. And the Eagles, well, they knew after this they had to go out and make a big change, and they did. We got that coming up next right here on Special Teams. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. So what was next for the Green Bay Packers and the Philadelphia Eagles after the Eagles beat the Packers in the 4th and 26th game at David Akers field goal in overtime wins it 20 to 17. Well, for the Packers, this was the last of the great heights for Brett Favre in Green Bay. The following season, Favre threw four picks versus Minnesota at home to get knocked out of the playoffs, which was shocking. But this, like I said, is life with Brett Favre. Brett Favre is someone who will give you some incredible and gave you incredible performances over the course of his career, but he'll also give the football to the other team way too much and many times at the absolute worst time. So four picks in that playoff game against Minnesota was it, and it was in that following draft that they took Aaron Rodgers in the first round so replacing Favre was on the Packers agenda following this playoff game and then the following year okay we'll give Favre another chance four picks against Minnesota now we got to draft his heir apparent well eventually you got to turn the page and thinking about what could be I mean you got short windows and you were already probably into overtime or at least you thought with with Brett Favre at this point but when when you you look at just the fortunes of a, a franchise, at some point you've got to start thinking about the future. 
and reloading Packers doing that with their 2020 draft all these years later with Aaron Rodgers, right? You might think he has a year or two left in terms of his production, maybe three, whatever, but 37 years old, truculent, one of our favorite words in sports media, and, you know, some battles with the new regime. With Brett Favre, we always had rumblings of that, right, how happy he was and kind of played and marched to his own drummer. So, yeah, it was, it was time to start at least planning for the future. In 2005, the Packers plummeted to four and 12 big injuries to skill players. Javon Walker got hurt in week one, missed the season. Ferguson got hurt. Amon Green got hurt. Mike Sherman gets fired and Mike McCarthy comes in, which really was the telling moment that, okay, now we're going to get used to a new quarterback because we have a new coach coming in. Who's going to continue to groom Aaron Rodgers. Now it still took three years from Aaron Rodgers being Mm -hmm. drafted until he took over the job, but that was when you knew, okay, they're really looking to make a turn and you can trace it back to this game to the fourth and 26 game. Had the Packers stopped the Eagles, they maybe they continue to go on a run. They were red hot and go to the Super Bowl and Favre plays well and suddenly they're not drafting Aaron Rodgers. But they lost the game. Okay, this wasn't really Favre's fault, although he did throw that really bad pick in overtime because the fourth and 26 is what stays in everybody's mind. But the following season, you have a four-interception playoff game and it's we got to get off this merry-go-round. We got to get off this ride. Favre has done it great for us for a long time, but now... We really can't have this. We can't. We can't have a great team and have four picks because because our guy just thinks he wants to try to throw a football through somebody, which is really what Brett Favre did many times throughout his career. So this pushed that Packers segue from Brett Favre away to what was next as a result of this game. Now for the Eagles, they lose the NFC Championship game at home to Carolina, fourteen to three. This is their third straight loss in the NFC title game. It's, it, this was the, they were almost like a poor man's Buffalo Bills, where instead of losing in the Super Bowl, the mm-hmm. Eagles lost the NFC title game every single year. McNabb played with torn cartilage in his ribs. He had trouble throwing the football. He threw three interceptions. The Eagles couldn't get the football up and down the field at all. Coy Detmer came in in this game at one point, threw a pick in the end zone. This was Carolina winning and getting to the Super Bowl, and Jake DeLome is a hero, and they nearly pulled the big up, upset off against the Patriots. But... What this proved this season, now you had Freddie Mitchell making that big play, but then you had no offense in a 14-3 loss to Carolina. Philadelphia realized we need to make a change. So coming off of this playoff, they added Terrell Owens, and they bolstered the defense by signing Javon Curse. This was the best of the Philadelphia teams. They go on to lose the Super Bowl to New England the year after. But this game, this season, realizing we don't have the wide receivers, they go get Terrell Owens, and suddenly Andy Reid is in the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's not just T.O. who comes in, but, but as a result of this, we, we spend a lot of time for it. But they go get Javon Curse because one of the things the Eagles had a problem with in this season was they couldn't stop the run. And this NFC Championship game, this was Stephen Davis and Deshaun Foster were just completely running over them. They, they combined to run for 150 yards, and Deshaun Foster had the big clinching touchdown in the third quarter, and Jake DeLome only threw for 100 yards in this game. It was, we're just going to run the football on you and bludgeon you and do it. And so they were able to do it, and it was the Eagles realizing we need more on offense, we need more on defense. They go out and do it as a result of these playoffs. The grind and keep the clock moving. Remember Stephen Davis at his best, man. That was like a five-yard-a-pop runner 
uh, in between the tackles and, and then Foster catching the ball out of the backfield, shifty to the edges. Man, that was a good one-two combination for them as well. But once again, as we're going through these special teams, you, you see the ramifications and how much NFL history in, in the short and long term is affected by one or two big plays and fourth and 26 changing the fortunes of a couple of franchises all right so where are they now mike Harmon? let's take a look at where some of these guys are now these years later where are they now well let's lock a couple of them up we got a couple of the guys that took the traditional let's stay in football route so we got hank fraley of the eagles he is now the offensive line coach for your detroit lions and Al Harris, superstar, uh, he's reunited with Mike McCarthy. He's working with defensive backs in <laughs> Dallas coming the 2020 season. And then I've got two guys that got the entrepreneurial spirit. You got Carlos Emmons, who decided, you know what? I want to be a billionaire, and I'm going to start by taking over hospitality and restaurants. So he's a restaurant tour of a B-51 uh, restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia. So you got that. And then you got Nate Wayne. You're going to love this. Also in Atlanta, Georgia, he owns a Cold Stone Creamery. Oh, I love Cold Stone. Oh, I love Cold Stone Creamery. Oh, man, they may, they they put out that big slab and they mix all the ice cream up. And I'm just, I always add all kinds of toppings. What would you like? I'd like Kit Kats. Okay, great. Oh, and uh, peanut butter. Okay, great. Oh, and brownies. Okay, great. Oh, and M&M's. Sir, come on. We got to make this now. Okay, stop adding stuff while I mix it up for you. <laughs> well, I always ask for one, like when I really just decide I'm going to have my, uh, you know, 9,000 calorie day is I'll say, give me any, meeny, uh, give me number seven off of your pre-mixes. And that's when you go to work. Cause there's already like 18 things in there. <laughs> All right. Now the big one, you say the best one for last, right? You say the big one for last. Well, that was the Cold Stone Creamery, man. Well, well, Freddie, well, oh, you mean to for, Freddie Mitchell? Good old, yeah. All right. I was, I was going to try to forget about Freddie. Yeah. Freddie, um, yeah, he had a barbecue joint called Brothers Barbecue, but that was good. Yeah. Uh, and then a package of seven pounds showed up in February of 2009 to his business. It was not brisket. <laughs> it was not some bacon that maybe they were shorted. No, uh, it was marijuana. He was detained, not charged, but they, they closed for violations. Yeah, it's a uh, violation. And, and then um, they reopened. And then eventually he would lose the restaurant after a court ruling. And then he's pulled over for speeding. And then, well, an outstanding warrant for failure to pay child support. He was a fugitive from justice and it went next le level. Now, that that's one step for Freddie. Uh, and then in 2012, he was indicted on federal tax fraud charges. Went to prison for over three years. Yeah. Freddie Mitchell. 37 months in prison. That was Fred. The Fred X. All for Fred X. There's our look back at 4th and 26. What surrounded it? 
the drama before it, the drama after it, and what it meant for both teams. This is why we do special teams. Certain big games, it's not just a big game because it's about what happens in that game and then what happens as a result to both of these teams. If you have an idea for a future episode of Special Teams, hey, hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike is at Swollen Dome. Our show is on Fox Sports Radio Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. We'll talk to you next week with a brand new episode of Special Teams. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.